1: such thing as death, life is only a dream, and we are
2: the imagination of ourselves.
3: Welcome to My Third Eye, prying open your thought, truth, and reality, questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome,
0: welcome
1: to, oh, my to My Third eye. eye. They make the story is that Henry falls in love with Odysseus' sister.
0: Oh, uh-huh. right, yeah.
1: But she's not, she's much probably much more attractive and way less retarded than that mm. in the movie.
0: Probably. It's been a long life. time since I saw that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's worth a watch too. Yeah.
3: Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hump Day. Yes, M3E is here with your weekly dose. Of the My Third Eye podcast Yeah, sign up for Patreon.com Forward slash My Third Eye podcast $3 gets you this Entire episode ad free In its entirety $3 A whole month, just 3 bucks. $5 gets you everything else plus video And $10 makes you a super supporter So shout out to the super supporter uh, That just signed up uh, Victoria uh, Thank you so much I appreciate that and, uh, yeah, this is gonna be a fun episode. This is kind of out of the normal wheelhouse of M3E. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit about, uh, some serial killers, some true crime. So, it, it took me out of my element and what I'm normally good at talking about, because I know of the, the big serial killers, Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, you know, you know, those guys. I never really looked into them, but Adam asked me, hey... Do you do you want to do it, serial killer? Me and Deborah are reading this book, and we're kind of halfway through it. We'd like to come on and and talk about it. So Adam and Deborah from Deborah Gets Red Pilled, come on and uh, kind of take old Ghost to school on some serial serial killer type stuff. And it was a fun episode. It was great to finally meet Deborah and just get down and talk about some new topics that. Honestly, I was not really familiar with. So I hope you enjoy this. I'm going to get out of here. But before that, don't forget about purepetwellness.com for all your pet CBD needs and goes ghost at checkout. You get 20% off. You know the drill, you hear it every week, sometimes three times a week. So, Pure Pet Wellness, great company. Can't speak more highly of, of Nico and his family and what they're doing over there. Ghost at checkout. off. Also, dangerousworldpodcast.com. Our conspiracy themed soaps are live over there. You can get them. You can put them on the shelf. You can actually use them. You can eat them. They're all natural ingredients. I wouldn't recommend eating them, but they don't have lie. They don't have all these extra commercial additives put in there. Completely natural. The ingredients are listed on every bar. Go over there and buy a bar. Buy a four pack. You, You save some money. And uh, we hope to uh, add some more sense uh, in the future to, you know, help you guys out. So, again, DangerousWorldPodcast.com for all your conspiracy-themed soap needs. I'm out. Enjoy Hump Day. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you Friday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fun and exciting episode of M3E. Today, I am joined by Adam and Debra from Debra Gets Red Pilled. Uh, make sure you go find them and give them a listen and also give them a five-star rating and review. Uh, Adam, I'll let you introduce the podcast and anything that you want to plug, and then you can introduce your mother-in-law.
1: Um. Yeah, hey guys, I'm Adam. Uh, Ghost, thanks for having me here. I've been on the tavern before, but I don't think ever on, on your show. So it's uh, nice to be here. And um yeah, this is uh my mother-in-law Deborah. She's my wife's mother. Mm-hmm. And say hi. Hi. Well hello. So we uh we've been going since August of 2020?
0: I believe so, yes.
1: So we're coming up on three years, 200 episodes, and um <laughs> yeah, we've uh come a long way. Mm-hmm. We've uh gone through a whole bunch of different versions of the show. Um everything from doing your basic, you know, Antarctica, Flat Earth, everything everything we touched on. 911. Um, we've had episodes where we yelled at each other. Those got the best <laughs> ratings. And uh recently we've been doing just uh reviewing the headlines. That's getting boring for us. And so um Deborah loves music she loves uh dave mcgowan's weird scenes inside the canyon book and um now we're getting into dave mcgowan's program to kill and we just decided maybe we'll swing the the show hard left that way and just start uh getting into some of this mind control serial killers Um, elite societies and created culture, all that stuff. That seems to be the most interest to us right now. So that's where we're headed. That's awesome. And uh, you have a Patreon
3: as well, uh, if you want to let my listeners know how to get a
1: Deborah Gets Red Pilled. Patreon.com slash Deborah Gets Red Pilled. Yeah, there's uh, everything from $3 to $20 tiers. And yeah, we're doing fun stuff over there. Sometimes I get into... Uh, I get into Orthodox theology on a lot of those, Christian Orthodoxy, and um, Deborah doesn't make all of those, but yeah, we've had some good guests on there. Um, we've had, who have we had? We've had uh, Bart Sabrell, we've had uh, Crow, 777, I think, I, I I can't remember. We've had a whole bunch of people over there, so yeah, we're doing it for our 25 subscribers there, getting some awesome content, so we'd love if people would join us over there too
3: outstanding outstanding and deborah like i said before we recorded, it's nice to finally meet you i've been listening well over a year and a half probably not long after 2020 is when i really started getting into podcasts and i i forget how i stumbled across uh deborah gets rub pill but fell in love with the content you guys do and uh i thought it was a great concept (laughs) i was like
0: well it's all adam's creativity he was the one who came up with the whole concept and took a while to to get me on board, but I finally succumbed, and uh, I've been learning a lot.
3: I I will say yes, you have. <laughs> you've come a, You've come a long way <laughs> from the early days. And and uh, having even said that, you guys with the way you guys set it up, it's such a unique niche that no one no one else is doing it. You know where where do you listen to? A uh, uh, mom and her son-in-law, you know, one one's <laughs> extreme one way and one's like really into conspiracies and meet halfway in the middle and then you know h- and not a, kill each a, other. Yes, and not kill each other and have a good good program and come out both ends learning something. So yeah, yeah. it's very yeah, it's
1: good. Um, we could uh, disagree and yell at each other on every episode and it would uh, not be good for our relationship. So it's really nice that we've kind of. I think we've kind of turned the corner finally, and Deborah has finally um maybe become a true believer as soon as we started talking about a lot of this uh created culture stuff. I think that's really struck a nerve and the MKUltra transforming into this it seems to me like MKUltra and like dosing people with acid and shock therapy and stuff back in the old days was just this like caveman rudimentary style way that they were first figuring it out. And it seems as though they have the whole world under a spell and they they were able to figure out how to do it on a mass scale without making it uncomfortable for people in a government laboratory.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then now those people that were of the sixties and, and, you know, seventies in that time frame are now the ones ruling our country. So it's, it's kind of taken a weird turn. And, you know, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, I try to just stay out of it for the most part, you know. And it's, it's, it's weird. It's interesting times that we're, we're living in. And, um, Deborah, I have one real quick question before we move into this. Since starting this podcast, what has been your aha kind of, holy shit, I think the, the government oh. and everything has been kind of lying to me.
0: Well, it's it's been since our very first podcast, really. Um, and I, you know, Adam used to like to hear me go. What? Or I, I forget what I used to say when I was uh, displaying Plumaxed. disbelief.
1: You'd go like, ah. "Yeah, that's, that's what it, you would that's do." It. That's what you would do when you <laughs> when I would catch you, and you'd be you'd, be caught. Be, you'd be caught in inconsistency.
0: But I. Um, I don't know what really turned the corner for me I I can't really say Uh, but you know having lived through the 60s um, I can see how how we all thought that was just benign organic and I mean I've certainly believed that and uh, I've since had my eyes opened that that's not what was going on you know the 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 times that i thought were like so innovative and and free and you know we were also liberated wasn't so right but i can't say which which really how i really got over i know
1: the... i know of a couple that really uh, struck a chord with you that you were able to say definitively like i don't believe that that happened uh-huh I think you're very suspect of the way 9-11 went down, according mm-hmm. to the – and you learned that one. I mean, that was – That was our two. second
0: podcast, mm-hmm. I think. For
1: us, yeah. And then um, the moon landing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. had uh, – back but right before he blew up, we had Alex Stein on to do the moon landing stuff with us. Okay. And then uh, we've had Bart Sabrell on twice, and uh, Deborah's listened to Bart Sabrell's book, Moon Man. I highly recommend it to everybody. If you have Audible, it's an eight-hour listen. and That is uh,
0: entertaining also.
1: Yeah, if you can go through that book and come out the other side and still think we can leave lower Earth orbit, um, go get your head examined. So, And we've had him on twice, and Deborah's said, we did not go to the moon. Wow, we
3: did
0: not go to
1: the moon. It's
3: it's kind of it's relieving and 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 uh, I I don't know the the emotions are kind of weird to experience to hear someone that you know obviously you're, you're a lot older than Adam and I and to f- you know you guys live through that watching it you know going you know believing it to sit here and say no we d- we didn't there's yeah. no there's no way you know what I mean it's yeah. it's it's kind of like uh. uh people waking up to 9 11 in a sense and yeah i don't know i had a uh, big country on we did a, a a moon landing episode and him and i are on the same page as with the this two of you that it didn't happen so it was more of a poke fun like really we, we, we really called the moon from, from a landline in in the 60s like Come yeah. on. <laughs> like that, right there is the dead giveaway. But yeah, there, there, there's uh, so much to
1: it. It's fun. It's a fun one to get into because you always get to talk about uh, Don Pettit. And that guy is, there's no doubt in my mind that that guy thinks that he's gone to outer space, even though he was probably just sitting in a room, in a dark room. Right. So that guy's, that guy's the best. <laughs> I, uh, I can't even like dislike that guy. I was on a, uh, I, I uh subscribe on Patreon to my friend Buck Johnson's uh show Counterflow. If you uh want a good uh good podcast, listen to that one. But every month he does a Patreon like supporter show where he has everybody that supports him on Patreon and then he has a guest on. He doesn't put it out or anything. But um on the last he has a guy that supports him on Patreon that works for NASA. Oh. And uh he's like some sort of like you know, smart guy who like but um they asked him Buck asked him if he thinks we went to the moon he's like yeah and he just went I was like I was like he's gonna say it he's gonna say the thing and he just went in right into the well the the Bill Nye the <laughs> Bill Nye talking point which is it would have been way too hard to fake all the paperwork. It would have been easier to go to moon, to the moon than to to fake all the paperwork. He said that one <laughs> and then I was and I was like, "Well, why did they destroy all the all the notes and why can't we go back?" And he's like, "Well, those guys were way smarter than anyone NASA has working for him, for us now and they just were they were turning and burning. They were wild men and they were not even they weren't even taking notes. They were just throwing stuff out there, uh running and gunning and and so there's no record of how they did it." And this guy's like, you know, got graduate degrees and <laughs> and PhDs in the sciences, you know, and that's what, and he still thinks that just goes to show you that uh, a degree doesn't mean you're smart. Yeah. Hear that. Or give you common sense. Yeah, you might be smart. Time. You might be able to like sit in a room and figure out how to make some sort of lens that's going to go on some sort of future moon mission. That's never going to happen, but you know just uh, the common sense to realize that you know we can't get through the Tim Allen radiation belts is is yeah not there yeah uh yeah we could go on and on about you know subjects like
3: this but uh let's 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 jump into it I, I, I'm I want to talk some serial killer stuff and and maybe get into I don't know if we want to get into the mindsets of these these weirdos and and I don't know satanic worshiping pieces of crap is what I think they are
1: but yeah well there yeah there's plenty of that in there and um there's also a lot of government collusion which yeah. seems to uh to pop up everywhere a lot of similarities with everyone so earlier i mentioned um, Dave McGowan's weird scenes inside the canyon. Are you familiar with that book, Ghost? I am not. I I gotta admit, I'm not a big book reader.
3: Um, I'd ha- I'd have to listen to it on audio.
1: Well, he it is, is, on uh, audio. is available on Audible. because it's, it's the one Dave McGowan book that is. So, um, but also it's uh probably a good one to have uh, a physical copy of. These books are going to start disappearing, or they're going to come out not. Put out new new editions that are heavily edited, right? So, um, and I lo- I like books and records and stuff, so I get as much as I can. I've got more books than I'll ever read for the rest of my life, and I'm getting more and more every week. So, um, so Dave McGowan is he was just a normal conspiracy guy, Deborah. If I'm talking too much, jump in whenever goes cut will. me off. Thank you, um, Dave McGowan. It'd be fun to do a whole show just on him, and I I want to be able to go find more information on just his life. Um I know there's people out there William Ramsey might be able to help us with that but um yeah Dave was a uh was a normal guy he had a 9 to 5 he owned a he was a general contractor he had a construction company and um in his spare time he was just a heavy researcher and uh a lot of people say he was the guy on on uh Wednesday um September 12th 2001 who was already already questioned in the narrative and 50% there to figuring it out um so he goes on he starts writing some books in 2004 he's most famous for weird scenes inside the canyon which tells the story of uh the Laurel Canyon um hippie hippie movement mm-hmm. in Los Angeles in the late 60s correct Ebra
0: correct and um you know, all the connections to government and military, you know, these, these musicians that I grew up idolizing, you know, they, like, Jim Morrison's father was, um, what was he, Adam?
1: He was Admiral Morrison from the Navy, and he was um, the integral part of the Gulf of Tonkin, a uh, false, false flag, flag in Vietnam that, that, that propelled us into the war effort
0: got us right in there yeah so uh yeah it's 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 really um it was riveting for me i really enjoyed reading it um even though it broke my heart a little bit also because it was i i think i read that book before you and i even got started Um,
1: no i think you were reading it during okay okay yeah and it really it heavily goes into all the connections that are made so many people um from so many different places with all a whole bunch of things in common. Military families, um elite prep schools. Um you know, and they all converge on on this little neighborhood in uh in Los Angeles, Laurel Canyon. Beautiful area I guess. I've never been there. Have you ever been to Laurel Canyon, Deborah? No, I haven't. And um yeah, big party scene. Probably a good time to be down there and be alive. It's probably yeah. a lot of fun. But uh yeah, and that, you know, all these people die- are dying tragic deaths constantly. There's it goes everywhere and there's a secret Nazi you remember that part, Deborah? There's like yes. a secret Nazi layer like in the deep in the woods that you have to like walk miles to get to. Um and the movie and-
0: studio, the um
1: Yes, Hidden
0: Mountain.
1: Um, so, well, I forget what it is. It's the one that Jared Leto owns now. So oh, oh he moved- does yes, and that guy's a shady character. Cool. <laughs> um, um, it's this big uh, movie studio. There's rumors that that's where the moon landing was filmed. Um, I don't think I really believe that one. I think I believe that it was filmed at a military base in yeah. Arizona. That's what. Uh, that's what. Um, what's his name? Bart. That's what Bart Sabrell says. But um. Yeah, and it just gets into, you know, Frank Zappa, Mama Cass, um Neil Young, uh Crosby Stills Nash Young, you know, everybody. The you birds. know Yeah. Yeah, the birds, um all these guys, n- uh, barely any of them could play instruments, Jim Morrison like couldn't couldn't perform. And uh yeah, 27 Club, all that. It's a, it's a, it's a great book. Um and I recommend it to everybody. But that was Dave's big book, but before he wrote that, he wrote this book, Program to Kill, The Politics of Serial Murder. And he, uh, it's kind of like a pre, like a prerequisite to that book. You don't have to read this book to read that one. But if you read that one first, then you read this stuff, makes a lot more sense. And um, it's, uh, it's a tough one to get through. It starts out um, right away, right out the gate, talking about uh, – Mark Dutroux, the Belgian beast, who was a uh, pedophile. You know, pedophile, serial child rapist, um, murderer, um and who seemed to have been operating in Belgium in the was it the 80s, Deborah? I think um
0: I think the 70s, but I'm not sure about that. I
1: think maybe he uh, he had he was sentenced so... in 89, so
0: Okay. He had so many people who who uh you know were were informing on him and telling you know the police or whoever and somehow he squirreled out of everything even his mother contacted authorities about him because you know she had her suspicions
1: yeah and so he uh he was it's widely um there's a wide consensus uh, that he was procuring he went to prison came out of prison had mysteriously had 10 properties that he owned he didn't never have a job fight. he was on the government dole he had 10 properties he was like paying contractors to build dungeons in all of them that never attracted any any uh, attention from the authorities um you know and then uh all these little girls start um, start going missing everything from teens to um, you know little kids yeah and uh, it's it's widely um, thought that he was procuring children for some sort of worldwide pedophilic uh, snu film um type um organization ring uh network that was global and that can be connected to all these other ones. So it's like a European pre-Epstein type yeah. deal. Yeah. You know, it's
3: it's funny because you, you mentioned something that all these people were kind of like narking on him, and that seems to be a common thread with just about every serial killer that you hear about. You know, spe- Dahmer especially.
0: Dahmer, definitely.
3: you know that Netflix series kind of came out, and you know they probably added their own little twist to it, like every show would but so many people were like informing on the cops and telling like that something's not right here and nobody at the time, well, we can't believe you. And then all of a sudden, boom, they get caught. And it's like, why, why didn't you act a year or two ago? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, even I have even not- when a
0: naked young man ran out of his apartment screaming for help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the police brought him back. Yeah, you could still even if, even if the cops were just like, "Oh, okay, these guys are gay." You still got to be like, "Oh, well, you can be a gay guy. That's that's not illegal, right? But you can't be gay with a fourteen year old, you know? No. no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have not dug deep into uh into Dahmer quite yet. I'm getting into it a little bit but I would think that those two cops that like, remember the story in the, in the Netflix doc is that those two cops returned the the guy to him. And then later on they get fired and then they get rehired because of the police union and given like officers of the year or something like that. That could have been, you know, as they portrayed it in that thing, just on the surface that those two cops messed up, but on a grander scale, um, Dahmer, you know, a lot of these guys, they're all, have been in, almost all of them have been in the military, and a lot of them have been in uh, military bases, American military bases in Germany, which is a common thread. And so it's widely thought that um, maybe they're finding these guys, whether they're enlisting on their own. um, Or they're being recruited. Yeah, or they're just enlisting. Um, You can probably find out who the weird ones are in basic training. You know, you were in the military, right? You probably (laughs) had some weird guys that you had to do some stuff with. You know, and maybe they, you know, I mean, the CIA finds people that they know can be assassins and stuff like that. Um, So maybe they are finding these guys, um, either sheep dipping them or just uh, sending them to certain military bases, um, performing Performing all these tests and and uh, you know MK Ultra stuff on them and and then they are coming out as Brain as
0: assassins. either
1: assassins or they're meant to be serial killers to you know change something in society or it's just a, a byproduct of what what happened to them after they did what they were supposed to do in the military.
3: Yeah, it and it's weird that you you say Germany, which is basically the birthplace of MK Ultra um mm-hmm. and with with these guys having military backgrounds i mean they're already pre-programmed in basic training i have said this on s- several shows that i've done um basic training is modern day mk ultra it, it just fast-tracked i mean you're sleep deprived you're yelled at you're conditioned you know to to just follow orders and you know do it almost blindly obviously if it, you you do have some reasoning to know, okay, that's an unlawful order. I'm not going to follow through with that, but there are some people that just don't have that capability in their mind to challenge that. And I think those are the people that they seek out and try and recruit secretly and make them do these horrific things.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I've been, you know, I played on sports teams and, and, uh, I've been in, you know, always in construction work and things like that. And in, in spots where I am around a lot of rough dudes and a lot of people get yelled at, I think people can, I was never in the military though, but a lot of, uh, I think there's a wide variation of a way that a human mind can deal with, um, discipline being yelled at, um, whether a lot, I I always would like to have a, a coach like in, in a sport that would be like a real gnarly hard ass like that's what would motivate me to do right. well but there's a lot of people that you know so there's a there's a huge spectrum of minds and uh i think the military would would expose that as uh, you know uh,
0: who would who would be malleable
1: mhm also uh, right. and basic training is
3: a great teaching to uh, uh, uh to handle a marriage as well cuz
1: uh when the wife gets mad at you you don't you know you don't <laughs>
3: yell back as much you know you just kind of stand there and take it a
1: little bit yeah yeah and that always ends up probably being the, be- the yeah. best you
0: do that right adam
1: sometimes <laughs> yeah we're not
3: all perfect i mean <laughs> every now and again you know i got to i got to yell back a little bit but you know it, it's just you know a joke at the end of the day, but you know you're sitting there getting screamed at and spit on and and chew spit hitting you and you're just standing there as a young kid taking it and you know hey it, Are you it,
1: your what your wife chews
3: yeah yeah she and she's like missing <laughs> like twenty teeth so
1: <laughs> one time uh, Deborah's daughter told me was yelling at me and told me to go sleep on the couch and I just said no and went to bed that, <laughs> that was, that was the, the best response ever I laughed too when I said it. Oh, I bet
0: she was pissed <laughs> yeah. when you
1: laugh at us. <laughs> yeah. But uh, okay, so we'll keep going through uh, through this book. Um, so this Dutro case. Um, eventually, the guy goes to to prison, and um, it was crazy. Uh, at one point, there was two little girls who were missing, and they had been in this dungeon in one of his abandoned houses. And they just starve to death. It's tragic. And at one point, go ahead, Deborah.
0: I was gonna say, don't forget that the police entered the house.
1: I was gonna get there. The police go in the house. They got a locksmith, like a local police authority guy, and then a guy from I forget what they call the Belgian like secret police, but it's like their FBI. So there's three guys in the house. They can hear these little girls screaming. At one they're in a they're behind like a false wall in a dungeon in a cell and uh, he just like left. He had his, he had his wife go back and give him food one time. And then in like three months and they just died, yes. but they could hear these little girls screaming and the, the locksmiths like they're, they're here, you know, they're and at one point there, they were like a foot and a half away from them behind a wall. And the cops were just like, no, there's, there's somebody there that's yeah. people out in the street.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, so st- stuff like that just happened over and over again. Whether it was just like gross missing, uh, gross incompetence, or or you know these guys were hiding something and didn't want these kids to be found, it's uh it's all there. And all these people are um, up to the highest levels of government, and different countries in Europe are all implicated. Um, a whole bunch of like. It's, the, it's your classic case. Judges, prosecutors right. are all getting fired, dying, car crashes, all sorts of stuff like this. And uh, there is a podcast. It's pretty boring for how crazy this case is called um, Le Monstre, L-E-M-O-N-S-T-R-E, which is like the French Belgium spelling. French, 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 Belgium. Yes. Yeah, I think they speak French. French in most of Belgium. But um, so that's worth listening to. It gives you a lot of the names and a lot of the details. And uh, the author is, an, is a, an American guy who was living there at the time that this was happening. And he can't, he's like one of these guys, like I hate I, conspiracies. And he finally has to concede that there's like something. It changes, ends up uh, splitting the country in half, something like 300,000 people march on the capital of the government demanding change. A lot of people lose their jobs and stuff like that. So um, they actually took to the streets there over this. And uh, I don't know if it changed anything there, but it's a, it's a really well-known case in Europe, but it's uh, not known here, but it's um, very telling where we would go to in America after that, like just with the Epstein and all the stuff like that. So, um, what's after that, Deborah? What do they get into? You Mary remember? Lucas. Oh yeah. Well, they talk about some more, some more uh, sex trafficking stuff. Just uh oh, right, right. The, they get into um Franklin scandal and uh, finders. Um, do you know about Franklin Ghost? Uh, a little bit. I know the, the
3: the term the Franklin scandal, but I've never listened to anybody break it down
1: too much. Would you like us to give you a quick, yeah, quick give, five minute Franklin scandal? Ab- absolutely. Deborah, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it?
0: Well, I'll start and then you, you fill in for me. Uh, sure. a town in um Nebraska. No. Um, yeah, Nebraska.
1: Omaha, yeah.
0: Omaha, Nebraska. There's Boys Town, which uh was uh started by a, a priest.
1: It's a it's and a Catholic Catholic uh it's a huge Orphanage in Omaha. It's Catholic Charities Orphanage. Okay.
0: And um, it was, there was a man by the name of Lawrence King who ran a credit union.
1: Right. The Franklin Credit Union. And that's where the Franklin scandal gets its name from.
0: And he was um, taking millions of dollars from Boys Town, but he was also taking lots of young boys and taking them to big parties, even in Washington, all over the place, all over the place. And uh, they were doing just atrocious things to these young boys and making them do atrocious things to other young boys. And um, the, the way that Lawrence King was caught. Was they realized he was uh, taking the money?
1: He was embezzling money from the credit union. The credit union had like four million dollars worth of assets, and it was supposed to be a credit union for like the uh, poor, uh, disenfranchised Black people of Omaha. Okay, he embezzled. He had embezzled like forty-one million dollars from this credit union that had four million dollars in assets. Jeez. And he was like.
0: one of the go most ahead. highly respected people in the Republican Party, they thought he had like big future.
1: He was a black Republican he was Party. a a black guy, so in like 1984 he was like a young upcoming he was the, like the original black conservative. okay And uh, he had you know, if you go back, you can see footage of him singing the national anthem at the 1984 Republican um, convention. Ah, uh, there's pictures of him with like you know Nancy Reagan and their daughter and stuff like that, but he was a savage pedophile, and uh, so he was conducting this whole ring with the help of this guy Craig Spence, was a high level Washington D.C. lobbyist. These guys are in the 80s, and this is all happening in mostly it's bipartisan, but these guys are operating in the Republican Party. Okay. And uh they're using these kids, they're they're procuring boys and girls, mostly boys though. Then they're getting them off the streets, just like how Jepstein does always from poor families, they're getting black kids. And this guy, Lawrence E. King,'s a black guy. They call him Black Larry. And uh they are getting kids from boys town, um, disenfranchised, you know, just kids that are they're Speed on kids. the fringes of society. But some are from normal families too, and uh it goes up uh every aspect of elite society in omaha at the time which i guess there is i guess there's I mean, you don't think of omaha as like this uh major metropolitan city but you know they all, uh every city has their titans of industry and maybe um what's the guy that that eats hamburgers with bill gates who's the, the real rich guy um he's from omaha i think you know the the guy and they're like oh he drives a crappy car but he's worth like a hundred billion dollars um I, I, I don't
0: know who that is
1: not Rupert Murdoch um oh man uh well I think he's from Omaha but anyways so th- he's running this uh Larry King and Craig Spence are running this there's this guy Peter Citrone who's a newspaper magnate and he or a uh, reporter and they're they're all just doing gnarly stuff and it's a uh, it's your typical Uh, pedophilic blackmail ring that's also operating, um, you know, they're they're shuttling drugs all over the country. These kids that they would send them off to these parties in Washington, D.C. A couple times they got them into to go on these late-night tours of the White House at, like, midnight.
3: Um, Boy, that sounds eerily familiar.
1: Yeah, and that's the uh, George Herbert Walker Bush um, White House. Okay. Um. So the people in in Omaha know what's going on. They uh, get this committee together. They hire a private investigator named Gary Caridori. They've gone through a whole bunch of guys. They can't get anybody that's worth a shit to do any real research or who isn't controlled. This guy's the real deal. He is like an uh, probably ex law enforcement, and he is runs his own PI firm. Um. He eventually makes all these inroads um goes and he he goes to kansas city fly he has got his own little private plane like a little cessna he flies to kansas city with his eight-year-old son to take him to the baseball all-star game he also picks up a briefcase full of photos that are going to blow the case open is what he tells one person and uh He's on his way back and his plane just just explodes in the middle of the air. Him and his little boy die. Shocking. And uh yeah, that's uh that's the last of it. Um and uh you know, Larry King um ends up going to prison for a little bit for for the embezzlement, nothing to do with the trafficking. And um, you know, I would tell this to everybody last anybody ever found of him, he was uh selling Mercedes Benz's at some dealership in Virginia. Um, Paul Benassi, who is a, we always say our podcast is Paul Benassi and up. So Paul Benassi was like the number one kid who was he was like their all star. uh MK Ultra sex traffic tortured kid. Um, he you know he, he's there's video you can find it online of him like um being. T- talking to people and switching into an altar when when they tell them like a certain number. Oh, wow. Also, it's so crazy. And it gets into the Johnny gosh case. You know, that one Johnny gosh was the first boy that was on a milk carton. Y- yeah. And okay. he was, he was kidnapped. It's rumored that Paul Benassi was forced to RAPE him to like bring him into the operation. And uh, yeah, it's just uh horrific. You can read the Franklin scandal by Nick Bryant. And he goes on podcasts too. So, um, that's where you got to. That's where you learn everything you need to know about it. If you can get through that book, yeah, good on or you. you. I stuff. I've read half of it. It's it's a t- it's one of the ones you got to like. It's hard because there's so many names and so much data in it, and then you have to like step away from it. So it's hard to get back into. Right. <laughs> you know. But uh, so that's Franklin. Um, what else were we going to do, Deborah? Uh, what was the Martin. Um, let's see. I had Franklin, I had Finders. Uh-huh. Finders, um, Finders was another, uh, trafficking case where, uh, these little kids were found in a park in Florida with these, uh, creepy dudes and... In suits. Yeah, um... You
0: guys in suits and, like, half a dozen little dirty like, little urchins.
1: Yeah, little feral kids who, like, couldn't talk, who, like, didn't know what a telephone or a typewriter was, and, uh... They were being they were gonna be trafficked. And uh they were from this cult called the Finders cult in in Washington DC and Virginia. And um yeah, same stuff. Um it's a it's a it's a weird story, all the same all the same stuff. So we don't have to get into a big one about that, but Deborah, you wanna talk about all uh, this stuff. You you brought us on to talk serial killers. We can get into Henry Lee Lucas.
0: You want to get into Henry Lee Lucas?
1: Yeah. I'd love to. I've never you even know?
0: Right.
3: never heard of him.
0: You're
1: okay. Truly?
3: Truly. And I remember
1: here when you were a little kid, did you ever see that NC 17 box at the movie store, Henry portrait of a serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Probably uh, not, here, right? Here. They made a movie of this guy. Yeah. Let me share a screen, ghost. All right. I mean, I'll show you. I, I bet you, if you see the bo- i see if you see the poster, I bet you you'll remember it from a kid at, okay. the, at the movie store.
3: Because I, as a kid, yeah, I, I, we'd go down rent movies on the weekends or video games or whatever. So, it was it was yeah. a very frequent thing to do back in the day.
1: Yeah, Deborah, start talking.
0: Okay, Henry Lee Lucas—they say—is the most prolific, sadistic serial killer in the U.S. And he started around 19, no, earlier than that, I'm sorry. He started, his his first, his first victim was his mother. Uh, he, you know, came from a horrible family. I think there were 11 kids in the family. His dad lost his legs in an uh, an industrial accident at work. And he was a, you know, crazy alcoholic who died in the snow. He passed out and died in a blizzard. His mother uh, was a prostitute and uh, she often dressed Henry Lee Lucas in women's clothing. So she could pimp him out as well.
1: Yeah. He was uh, never, never do that. Girls never dress your son in girls clothes. (laughs) It never (laughs) turns out good. Happened to him. Happened to Manson. Oh, by the way, Manson was at Boy's Town also. Oh um, shit. Charles Manson was there. Um yeah, him Manson, Henry's Henry's uh um sidekick Otis Tool got dressed Otis up Tool. like a girl. Yeah, I think um maybe Ed Kemper like all these guys they all got dressed up by girl like girls by their mom. Wow. So do you, um, do you recognize any of these pictures, Ghost? Not really. Oh, okay. I I recognize the actor. He yeah. He was on
0: um Walking Dead. What is that?
3: What is that his guy's name? His name is
0: Michael Rooker or something. Yeah, Michael
1: Rooker.
3: Yeah, he played uh, in the first season. He didn't have a hand or whatever. Is Yeah. That, is that, that... He had to cut off
0: his hand in order to yeah. evade the, the zombies. Yep. Big Walking Dead fan here.
3: Nice. Um, <laughs>
0: so Henry Lee Lucas uh, was arrested for the murder of his mother. And... He was that when he was scheduled for execution. I'm going to bounce around because I have a bunch of notes, but they're not linear. So he um, he was scheduled for execution.
1: This that was way later, I think, Deborah. That was, was in
0: 1998. It? He was scheduled yeah. for execution.
1: That, so that okay. was much later. Okay,
0: so so he he was in prison. Oh right, he he did 10 years for the murder of his mother. Okay. And four and a half of those years, he was in a mental hospital getting lots of drugs and lots of electroshock therapy. And uh, he was supposed to do 20 years. After 10 years, he was in front of the parole board who asked him, if we let you out, will you kill again? And he said, yes, I will kill again. But they let him out.
3: All right. (laughs) Well, thanks for your honesty. Yeah.
0: So for the next eight or so years, he, you know, went on a spree and was killing um, many women. And Alleg- in,
1: allegedly.
0: Uh, well, allegedly. So uh, he, um, I don't believe, I don't think he was imprisoned again until... He was arrested for the last time in in 1988. And he was scheduled for execution in 1998. He was in Texas in the, uh, what's the name of the prison? Huntsville Prison. Okay. And uh, 12 days before the scheduled execution, the governor of Texas, who happened to be George Bush Jr., Jr. asked his uh, parole appointees, who were all appointed by Bush, to take another look at this. And the reason was because by this time, Lucas was claiming to be responsible for like 300 murders.
1: Three, right? In between 300 and 600 murders is what he copped to, Goes Holy crap. So, and yeah.
0: so... You know, when he was claiming to do, you know, 10, 15 murders, they were like, whoa, okay, you know, and they were trotting him around the country to uh, different law enforcement agencies where he would say, yeah, I, I did that. I, I was responsible. I'm the one, and, and they could close the books yeah, on him. Yeah, he's that.
1: just closing cases. Like, he was, he was at, uh, like, a county jail with the... Texas Rangers ghost mm-hmm. and he, he had like a close relationship with this, the head of the Texas Rangers or something. And they're just keeping him in County jail and like giving him cigarettes and coffee and, oh, and, and milkshakes and stuff. Every time he would say,
0: yeah, I did that. They treat him, you know, they would give him a yeah. TV or give him a steak dinner. And, uh, and he, he also was able to look, they allowed him to refresh his memory by yeah. looking at all the case files
1: so he was like, there's, if you want to go back and look at this aspect of it, there is a Netflix documentary, take it for what you are, it's Netflix, called The Confession Killer.
3: And it's all about him. That, okay, that sounds familiar. I think I'm, I don't know, I don't, I know I didn't watch it, but I think I've seen it's,
1: it. it. It's, it's pretty good. It gives you yeah, a feel for, for what kind of guy he is. And he's like, he's like borderline retarded. His mother hit him in the head with a two by four when he was like five years old.
0: He went into a coma for three days.
1: Yeah. And uh makes he, me look smart um, then. He's just like this really gross, pathetic dude. He has like an eye that's oozing that I guess smelled really bad. That's and a glass like,
0: eye. That's yeah. he has a glass eye. He and his brother got into a fist fight when they were little and his you know, it became infected and his mother never did anything because she was who she was. But it's
1: also speaking of his mother, Deborah, it's also rumored that he was raised in a satanic cult. Yes. And he
0: um have you have you ever heard, Ghost, have you ever heard of um some of the satanic cults like Matamoros? Am I saying that right? Matamoros, Mexico, yes, that... right right across from Brownsville, Texas. And he was Henry Lee Lucas was able to draw a map and show where some of these ritual satanic murders took place at this cult in Matamoros. There was also another one in Juarez, which he also was able to, he, he drew a map of the inside. I believe it was of that one.
1: And, um, yeah, they're like cartel related. Whereas Mexico satan- is what you're yeah, referring to. Yeah, cartel okay. related satanic cults who wow. are like trafficking drugs and you know into that that dark hollow uh, uh, Colo- Colo- hollow and um um you know the Santa Muerte stuff like that. Oh, okay. Where these, these drug dealers like worship the Saint Death and and um but this this one in Matamoros Moros was. Very very disturbing. Um, this guy Adolfo Costanzo, he was like uh, a uh, gay dude who was just like raping, raping guys and cutting their heads off with uh with with machetes. And uh, but back to so Henry Lee Lucas had inside information about these more yeah. than somebody who who had who yeah. didn't have. There's contact no way with them would have known. He
0: could know about this stuff unless he had actually been there and when they did go and uh discover the graves of these i think there were 15 people at matamoros
1: yeah um, that's um yeah
0: they went they went and discovered the graves and then they went back like a week or 10 days later and the federales had burned the death shed yeah they said they all the evidence
1: the story behind that is is that the guy had gone on the run and was in hiding and they fa- this is the the narrative that he was such a devout practitioner of this dark art Palo mayombe that if they burned the shed with like all the relics and skulls and stuff in it and he saw it it would like draw him out because he would be so devastated by the destruction of of his you know sacred relics um, if you want to get into that, i did, did recommend. Work? Yeah, yeah, they got him. Okay. They got in a big shootout in Mexico City with him and the Federales. Um, but it's also rumored that he got away and that the body yeah. that was discovered yeah, wasn't his. To... Go Something listen. To... Um, conspiracy guys have like a four-hour, five-hour episode about him. Okay. Adolfo Costanzo. You'll yeah, have to go back All and them, look, look through their archives. Yeah. What the real disturbing part is, is the way that they were able to find the bodies. There was some old, like, caretaker dude on the ranch, and he's like, oh, yeah, I saw murdering people. They would... Remind me if you ever heard of this part, Deborah. They were in shallow graves, and there was, like, wire hangers that had been straightened out, sticking up out of the ground, and they, oh, were, no, like, they were, like, attached to these spine spinal cords and they were sticking up out of the ground. And that's how they would like knew Uh, where the bodies were.
0: Yeah. But the bodies were all, you know, uh, abused and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
3: Decomposed.
0: Uh, no, they were, they had been desecrated,
1: desecrated
0: and tortured and, you know, all this satanic ritual stuff. Yeah. The
1: way that he got caught is that he, this is real disturbing ghost. He was just going and grabbing, having his henchmen grab kids, like, out of the local town and bringing them back. He liked, like, 14-year-old boys. He would put, he would have these guys kidnap these young boys, throw them in a van with a burlap sack on their head. He would, they would bring them back. They would gang rape these kids and then cut their heads off with a machete. And, like, there's, like, reports of one guy who had gotten away, like, just, Thinking that he's hearing them like cutting up like a like a um, grapefruit, and it's just them like whacking some guy's head with a oh. with a machete. But so, anyways, they do that. They they run a train on this guy, cut his head off, and then they pull the the burlap sack off the head, and it's his, it's his nephew, it's his sister's son. Oh, oh man! So I after did not that, read that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, go listen to go listen to that conspiracy, guys. I'll send it to you, Deborah. Okay. Um, okay. But they, uh, so after that, he's like, okay, we can't do this to to the locals anymore. We got to go, and like, I guess um, what? So Brownsville is on the other. Juarez and Brownsville is that uh, how it goes? Man, like,
0: right across. Yeah, from but it's like
1: Juarez, like the Tijuana of Brownsville. Is it something like that? Like Brownsville in Texas, right? And then across the yeah. border is Juarez. Yeah. So, like all like during spring break, this this white you know corn fed white dude from Texas goes missing, and that and that's what finally got him caught. Is that like the American authorities got on the case? Gotcha. So Mark Kilroy was that guy's name.
0: Wow. So yeah. so <clears throat> back to Henry Lee, he he had all this information about all of this, and so it is thought that. Yeah, you know, he did have some connection with this satanic cult. And uh
1: it's supposed see. to be generational. His mother was supposed to be in it. Yeah, she was supposed have, to be
0: a witch. And
1: you know, talking about learning about his mom, I don't I don't doubt it, you know. Yeah.
3: Yeah, she sounds like a real gem. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, all right. So, he was arrested in 1988. He was uh his sentence his death sentence was commuted. In 1998, and uh, let's and let's
1: remember George Bush wasn't commuting anybody. He was putting like retarded. Oh, right. He was putting like people with like Down syndrome to death. Yeah.
0: He was just rubber stamping all of the all the death, and uh, for some reason he chose to commute Henry Lee Lucas. Hmm. And did you know that? Otis Pool was in Florida and was sentenced to death. And do you know who commuted his yeah. death sentence?
3: Let me guess. Was it
1: did, does it rhyme with Jeb Bush? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: So exactly. the thought,
1: the thought is, ghost is that these guys, in my opinion. So, so Dave McGowan talks. He wrote this in 2004. That Netflix documentary came out like last year. Okay. Netflix documentary says he killed one person, his mom. <laughs> Dave McGowan acknowledges that he's on record for three hundred to six hundred. Thinks it's less than that. I think it's probably much less than that, but somewhere in between, you know, a hundred and one people. Right. Um. But so I guess um, a lot of people that have been looking into this with the with the aid of this book. And seeing things through the eyes of of the modern world are are making the connection that a lot of these people might be contract killers, assassins for these wealthy elites. Makes but sense. Also, also serial killers. So where would you go to find you know some insanely psychotic people who are willing to kill three hundred to six hundred people? Uh, maybe a, a intergenerational Indian. satanic cult. Yeah, you know. And um, this one, there's a story that I want to learn more about. Um, I've been talking, trying to get Chris Graves to do an episode with me on it. There is a, do you know the band Ministry? Yeah,
3: yeah, I used to listen to them. The mind okay, is a so beautiful thing to I was to never taste. a
1: Ministry fan. I always knew about them, but was not never a big fan. But they have a whole concept album that is all about George Bush's relationship to a um, just south of the Texas border satanic cult. Oh wow! I wonder who that this... could have been. Yeah. So wow. their their ministry knows something about it somehow, and they wrote a whole album about it. Huh. Yeah. That's
0: crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lucas said that members of the cult uh, were a lot of socially prominent people and high level politicians.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't, so. I don't doubt it. Okay. Yeah. It kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. I, I know. You listened to my episode, Adam, and and you you are kind of of the belief that you don't think Zachary's maybe telling the full truth or is, oh, yeah. is credible. What
1: was that guy's that guy's name?
3: Zachary King. Yeah. But he does allude to some of that, you know what I mean, right. in, in his story. You know, these high-profile politicians, famous artists, actors, you know, could he been taking stuff that we kind of already know? Or, or yeah. think we know, or you know, I, I think it's true, but you know, a conspiracy and, and applying it to his little story, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I've listened to a couple of his interviews, and they yeah, he, he sticks to this. He sticks to the same story.
2: <laughs> well, where do I start? I'm bad shit. What you read in the covenant is cap. I was bred by the government fact check every head when it come to this upside down system had enough of it another sapien that's on the globe lost code looking for the direction but don't nobody know the only bit of insight that they ever sold me i've been start to find out doesn't really hold Every half a loop and piece of shit hidden in a tie, high motives to align goals, cheating on your wife, my ties at the ninth hole. Someone gotta die. They don't care. They itemize souls, tit jobs from Botox to Lipos light bulbs in my head of where I might go. I'm on a tightrope walking this edge, and I've been wondering if anyone loves me. Shit. And I've been wondering if anyone loves me. Yeah. Hey, keep on calcifying glands with your fluoride while I flow ride. The valor of rhyme, I'm flying high by the seat of my pants. A beat speaking to me, no, I'm talking back every chance. Hoping one day I make it overseas into to France. But in the Northwest, I trip without a traveling band, yeah.